Well, good evening, Family Church Haven, and welcome to Sunday Night Local, a gathering around the Word of God. And I hope that you've had a great um, Sunday and enjoyed the lovely sunshine and uh, the fine weather that we are experiencing right now. And uh, obviously, last week we had our Haven't refocus and had a one-week break on Sunday Night Extra Sunday Night Local. And uh, so, if you missed out on Haven't Refocus, then you can catch up with that by going to uh, the YouTube channel that you're watching this on now. So a massive welcome to you whether you're watching this live, and if you are, why not just say hi on the chat function if you're watching on a laptop or on your phone. And uh, if you're watching this a little bit later on and catching up throughout the week, I hope that you are doing well as well. And we are beginning tonight a brand new series all about the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, we've been journeying for a number of weeks, I think it was about seven or eight weeks that we did on the subject of faith in all of our different locations. And we purposely chose faith because we thought that it was a very timely message for in this time where we are surrounded by fear and anxiety, that we need to be a people of faith. But we also believe that this teaching on the fruit of the Spirit is going to be very timely as well. Because as you look around this world right now, this world is broken, this world is fractured, and we need to see the fruit of the Spirit in evidence, not only in our lives, but in the world around us. So turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5, if you have your Bible with you. Galatians chapter 5, and if you've got a notepad and a pen, that's also handy as well, but you can note down some things um, to go back and revisit at another time. And it's amazing how often you write notes, and a couple of years later you look back and God just speaks exactly to you through notes that you wrote uh, many uh, months before then. So Galatians chapter uh, five and uh, over the next few weeks what we're going to be doing is taking an aspect of the fruit of the spirit remember it's one fruit with nine characteristics and we're going to spend a week on each of those things love joy peace and so on and so on and look at what the bible has to say about those things but before we do tonight i wanted to do an introductory week where we begin to really understand what is the fruit of the spirit and also, how do we uh, live in such a way that the fruit of the Spirit is evident in our life? Because we're going to discover tonight and remind ourselves tonight that the fruit of the Spirit is not something that we can produce for our own human effort. And if you're trying to be more loving and be more patient in your own strength, you're going to end up incredibly frustrated as we're going to see tonight as we journey through um, God's Word. You know, this morning, Pastor Andy spoke a great message on the centrality of Christ, but Christ needs to be central to our salvation message. Christ needs to be central uh, in our worship, and Jesus also needs to be central in our lives. And it's that aspect that we're picking up on tonight when we begin to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Because, you know, when we um, manifest the fruit of the Spirit or live in such a way that the fruit of the Spirit is evident in our life, what we're doing is we're manifesting the very nature of God. Remember, God is love. He's not just somebody who loves or is loving. God is love. God is our peace and so on and so on. And so when we express the life of God through us, that's when we're displaying the fruit of the Spirit. No doubt at one time or another you've heard this phrase, he's a chip off the old block or she's a chip off the old block. And what we're saying by that is they uh, remind you of somebody else, right? You, you've you experienced it when a new baby is born and uh, everybody gathers around the cot and they look and, I'm sorry, I don't subscribe to this. You know, when I see a baby, I just see, um, you know, a wrinkly uh, being and, and by that, babies are lovely. I loved my own. But I don't get the whole thing where people look into a pram and say, oh, 
he's got he's got his parent his mum's eyes look at his mum's eyes or he's got his dad's ears or he looks just like his uncle I, I don't get all that when they're two days old how can you see but but anyway moving on sometimes we look at that and we say they're just a chip off the old block or maybe sometimes when they're older and certain characteristics are displayed and they're this way or that way you say they're just like their dad or just like their mum or just like their auntie or just like that person that's spoken into their life so much. They're just a chip off the old block. Listen, when we live life displaying the fruit of the Spirit, what we're doing is we're a chip off the old block of our Heavenly Father. But all of a sudden the nature of the life of God begins to flow through us and we begin to reflect God's nature. How do we do this? Through the Holy Spirit. And this is what we're going to begin to dig into tonight. Because remember... Jesus said before he left, he spoke to his disciples and he spoke to us through them. And he said this, that we would not be left as orphans, but that the promised Holy Spirit would be sent. Now, on the day of Pentecost, of course, the Holy Spirit arrived and he's still changing lives um, today. And the Holy Spirit was sent for a number of different reasons. And the Bible goes through those things. Titus chapter 3 verse 5 tells us that the Holy Spirit is the one who regenerates a person, that he comes to a person dead in their sins and makes them alive in Christ. The Holy Spirit, remember, is our teacher and our guide. He leads us into all truth. He helps the Bible come alive so that we can read the Word of God and hear the voice of God in our life today. Um, he helps us uh, to pray. He helps us in so many different ways. He gives us these spiritual gifts, but also he helps us to display the fruit of the Spirit, which provides evidence of this new life within us now. And so we're going to look at that together tonight, because when the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of a person, there should be a difference in the way that they now live. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, that people would be known by the fruit that they display from their lives. So Galatians chapter 5, by now hopefully you've uh, found it in the New Testament. If you haven't, I'm going to give you a couple more moments to find out. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Let's pick it up uh, from there. And it says this, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Now, other translations, maybe the translation you're reading from tonight, may say the sinful nature. That, that word is simply the word sarx originally, S-A-R-X, uh, which is talking about the flesh. I like the, the translation that uses the flesh. And by flesh, it doesn't mean, you know, the, the, the stuff on your bones. It's talking uh, about our former sinful state, the sinful state of human beings. And we're going to come on to that in just a moment. So don't indulge the flesh, but rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment. Love your neighbour as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. He's making this distinction between two lives, the life of the flesh and the life of the spirit. And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. They are con in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now he begins to describe these two different lives. He says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, 
drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, he says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. So Paul is writing to the church in Galatia and he's talking about freedom and he says, Do you know what? Jesus has given you this freedom, not so that you can live however you want without any boundaries. He says, you're not to live this life and he kind of gives us an example of this wild uncontrolled life where there are no limits and he makes the point that's how you used to live that before you became a follower of Jesus Christ that's the very nature of who you were you didn't have to work at it you didn't have to strive to do these things it was just natural to you every day that you lived and he lists things like impurity and jealousy and hatred and he gives this list that we know as the acts of the flesh the way that a person who's living out of their fallen nature, lives on a natural basis. Now, I want to look at these two lists and uh, the acts of the flesh. I want to look at it in two different versions of the Bible. Firstly, the Passion Translation, and then we're going to look at it in the Message Paraphrase, because it just uh, modernises the words a little bit. And really, when you listen to me list these things that are the acts of the flesh, I believe you're going to say, do you know what, that's the world around me right now in the year 2020. So let's read it from the Passion Translation verse. First, and we're going to pick up on verse 19 of Galatians chapter 5. And it says this, The cravings of the self-life, that's how it describes the acts of the flesh, the self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favoured, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties and all other similar behaviour. The message paraphrase puts it this way. It's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all of the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied once, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalising everyone into rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies, of community. Now as you look around the world right now, look out of your window, see the world passing you by, this is the world that we're living in right now. This is a description of the year 2020 and the truth is we can point at the world and judge them and say well aren't you terrible and religion has done a very good job of doing this over very many years but the reality is the world is just living according to the nature that is within them. Remember we dealt with this when we talked 
about uh, the subject of faith and we looked at being children of God and we talked about the fact that God has created all beings and God loves all humans but you only become a child of God and adopted into the family of God by accepting his gift of grace, his free gift of grace through the person and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Then you have the new nature of God living within you and we covered all of that and so Paul makes this clear point that those who are in the world don't have the nature of Christ within them and that's how we used to be that's how we used to live we used to live according to the nature within us and we used to display the acts of the flesh and he lists all of that stuff that we've just read and no doubt we could all tick off one or another or another thing in that list but we would say yeah when I look back in my testimony before the moment of salvation I could tick off a whole load of those things And Paul makes this point and he repeats this point throughout the New Testament writings to the churches that he writes to. He makes this point, that's how it used to be and that's who you were. But that's not how it is anymore now that the nature of God is within you and the Holy Spirit has renewed you, that you are a new creation, old things have gone, behold all things have been made brand new. That's who you used to be but it's not who you are anymore. And he displays the acts of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. And he begins to say the fruit of the spirit, the God life is love, joy, peace. And he goes on and on and on from the acts of the flesh to the fruit of the spirit. In other words, there should be a difference between who we once were and who we now are. Between who we were before we met Christ and who we now are in Christ. There should be a difference. There should be different fruit coming from our life. Now, how many of you know that that doesn't happen overnight? Neither does it come by trying to manufacture this kind of God life. We don't, you know, manufacture having more joy or having more peace or all of those kind of things. And this is so important because if you're trying to display the life of Christ in your own human effort, you will end up feeling frustrated and condemned. Because you'll feel like your life is constantly arguing with the Bible. You'll read in the Bible that uh, the fruit of the Spirit is patience. And so we should be displaying patience. And then you're stuck behind a slow learner driver at the lights and getting frustrated. And you say, my life is always arguing with the Bible. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And if you're trying to produce self-control in your own strength, then you're going to end up frustrated and condemned when you fall to temptation. And so we need to understand these things. And Paul talked about them in Romans chapter 7, verse 15, this this battle between who we were and who we now are and trying to live now for God. And he says this, I don't really understand myself. This is Romans chapter 7, verse 15. And some of you would say, yeah, I'm with you there, Paul. I don't understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. There can be the struggle between who we were and who we now are. And so because of this, we often end up doing one of two things when we're struggling with life change. The first thing is sometimes we excuse ourselves. Well, you know, I'm not who God has really now made me to be, but I'm not as bad as I used to be. So even though I've still got all these things going on in my life, well, it's not as bad as it used to be. And we excuse ourselves. And when we do that, we cheapen the grace of God and we ignore the power of a new creation. So some of us maybe excuse ourselves, but probably more of us do the second category, we condemn ourselves. You say things like, 
oh, I'm not worthy, I'm, I'm always going to be worthless, I'm never going to be able to defeat this thing, I always stumble, I'm always getting angry, I, I can't love like other people love, and we look down upon ourselves, and when we live that way, we deny the grace of God, and again, we cheapen the power of a new creation. Now, no doubt you found yourself in one of those two camps, either excusing yourself or condemning yourself at one time or another. Listen, neither is what God had in mind when he gave you the gift of a new creation and the power of the Holy Spirit now living in you. So what's the answer? How do we live this new life that God has for us? I believe that Paul gave us the answer a little bit earlier in his letter to the Galatians. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Just flick back a couple of uh, verses or a couple of pages. Galatians chapter 2. I hope this is making sense so far tonight and helping you to begin to understand that we cannot manufacture the fruit of the Spirit in our own strength. Galatians 2 verse 20. And obviously this is the same letter that Paul was writing to the church in Galatia that we picked up on a moment ago. And the whole reason why Paul wrote this letter was that the, the Christians who had been converted there uh, were going full steam ahead for God. And then suddenly this teaching came in that they had to go back to Jewish ways and Jewish customs. And they stopped teaching the grace of Jesus Christ and the gift of Jesus. And so Paul writes to them and says, no, 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 why are you doing this? You've forgotten everything that we taught you. And he begins to remind them about the teaching of grace and the teaching of Jesus and the teaching of freedom and the fruit of the Spirit and all of that kind of stuff. And as part of that, he says this in verse 20 of Galatians chapter 2. My old self has been crucified with Christ. Grab hold of this verse tonight. It's no longer I who lives but Christ who now lives in me. Now I'm going to repeat that and I want you to take that personally tonight as you listen to me speak those verses or that verse over your life. Your old self, who you were before you met Jesus, has been crucified with Christ. See, Jesus didn't just only die for you, he died as you. It's no longer you who lives, but Christ who now lives in you. You have a brand new Life. Now these verses are so key and a revelation of them is so important for those people who are fed up of trying to defeat things in their own strength and going one step forward, two steps back, one step forward, two steps back, seeing temporary victory but never really living the life that Christ has for them. Hearing that they can be free but feeling trapped in addiction. Hearing that they can have a peace of God but battling with, with anxiety and fear on a daily basis. Because we make life difficult when we focus in on I rather than realising that living in power and living an overcoming life comes when we surrender to the life of Christ that is now in us. And Paul stresses this, but it's no longer I who lives. It's no longer about us trying to do this in our own strength and only ever seeing temporary victory. And he really begins to underline this thought that it's time to die to self. Now think about that for a moment. That's so contrary to everything that we've been raised to believe and conditioned to think like in this world in which we live. This world's mantra is, is live for self. Right? It's all about me and my opinions and, and my rights and, and I'm the one who matters. We're taught in this world to live for self, but the word of God comes with a different kingdom perspective that says it's time to die to self. Why? Because self is the problem. Self is the reason that we choose not to forgive. I, I'm not forgiven because they hurt me. I'm offended because of something they said about me. 
We get riddled with jealousy because they've got something that I haven't got. I'm hurt because my pride got hurt. People wreck lifelong marriages by having an affair because they feel like their spouse isn't paying them enough attention in that moment. We get fearful, worried, stressed because we try to handle life ourselves rather than trusting in God. On the flip side of this, we don't live the overcoming life that Christ has for us because we're too self-conscious. We think, I'm not qualified enough to do that. I I couldn't preach the gospel like that person could. I I don't see God moving my life like they do. I could never be the brother that he is. I can never be the mum that she is. I can never be the teacher that they are or whatever it might be be. Listen, the good news of the gospel is this, that at the cross of Jesus Christ, Galatians 2 verse 20 says, your old self was crucified with Christ, that Jesus took you to the cross and you were nailed to the cross and it's a done deal. It's no longer you who lives, but Christ who now lives in you, that the moment that you placed your faith in Jesus Christ, old things passed away. Behold, all things have been made brand new. You are a new creation. And that happened the moment that you placed your faith in Jesus Christ. But here's what we also need to realise. That dying to self is not just a one-off event, but it's something that we have to do on a daily basis. Now the Bible has a word for that, and that word is sanctification. You say, well, what does that mean, sanctification? Here's a great definition of it that I read this week. Sanctification is the work of God's free grace, empowered by grace. So it's a work of God's free grace, whereby we are renewed in the whole person after the image of God. And we're enabled more and more to die to sin and to live to righteousness. Hebrews 10 verse 14, just turn there if you can. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14. Kind of sums up what I'm teaching here. It says, for by one offering... He, that's Jesus, so he's talking about through his surrender and sacrifice on the cross. He has perfected forever, past tense, those who are being made sanctified, present and future tense. The New Living Translation puts it this way. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect, past tense, those who are being made holy, present tense. So we have been perfected. We have been made holy. We are sanctified. That happened at the moment of new birth. As I said, the very moment that you place your faith in Jesus Christ, all of these things happen in an instant. You don't have to go on a life, uh, you know, a 10-week course. It happens in the moment, a twinkling of an eye, when you place your faith in Jesus Christ. Suddenly you are sanctified. You are made holy. All of those things. But also at the very same time, On a daily basis from then on, we are being made sanctified. We are being made holy. We are being more like Christ as we realise it's no longer I who lives. And we choose on a daily basis to surrender our life to Christ. Now that's a lifelong process. But every single morning, tomorrow morning is Monday morning, sorry to bring that news to you. It's a brand new week and I see that as a great opportunity, but others don't like Monday morning. But tomorrow morning you're going to wake up. And you have an opportunity and a choice to make. Are you going to live in your own strength or are you going to live in the power of Christ flowing through you? Now that will determine whether you're going to offend it. That will determine uh, jealousy. It will determine so much 
in your life. Is today going to be about I or is it going to be lived out from that revelation? I no longer live, but Christ now lives and dwells in me. And I'm going to let the life of Christ flow through me in the way that I speak, in the way that I act, in the way that I think, in the way that I respond. Because if you try in your own strength, <coughs> sorry, all you're ever going to feel is condemnation. I meet so many people who are trying to live for Jesus for all the right reasons and in a good way. They're trying to display the fruit of the Spirit, but in their own strength, they're trying to be set free. They're trying to be forgiven. They're trying to be more joyful in their own strength. It is impossible to live a Christian life by just trying harder. Because ultimately, the Christian journey isn't about trying to live for Jesus and trying to get all these badges and trying to do the right things because all that brings is legalism and a performance mentality. Really, it's actually more about letting the life of Jesus flow through us. Jesus living through us, not us living for Jesus. His character and his glory being displayed through our lives. So next week, we're going to begin to pick this up. We're going to look at uh, love as the first thing and go on through the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to discover some great stuff together. But I really thought it was so important to lay this firm foundation down this morning that we can build upon. Without a strong foundation, the building will collapse. So unless we really have a true understanding of how the fruit of the Spirit is displayed and, and grown in our life, then we'll just be building upon shaky ground. But actually, we understand as we discover this together tonight, but it's not about us trying more, but it's about us yielding more and surrendering more to the life of Christ within us. What does it mean to yield? Simply to surrender, to give way. But when there's two cars driving along at the same time and suddenly two lanes go into one and you've got a choice, you're going to let that person through. Now, you may find that difficult if it's a BMW driver who's razzing down the outside lane. Sorry if you're a BMW driver listening to me tonight, but if you've got that BMW driver razzing down the outside lane, you might find it more tempting to just keep going. But if you let that person in, what are you doing? You are yielding. You are giving way. When you give way to the life of Christ that is now in you, suddenly your reactions become different. Suddenly your perspective changes. Suddenly, instead of bitterness and revenge, there's now unconditional love. Suddenly, instead of anger, there's now renewed patience. Paul describes it as the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit is, the clue is kind of in the name. Fruit comes from being attached to something. Fruit comes as life flows through it. And Jesus kind of makes that point very clear in John chapter 15. Let's look at these verses, the final verses for tonight. John chapter 15 verses 4 to 8. Jesus says these words. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. You can't do this in your own strength for your own human effort. It must remain in the, well, in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, Jesus says. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. That's his promise over your life. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, for you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So when we display the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, love, joy, peace and so on and so on, it's for the Father's glory. 
It's, it's to show that we're his disciples as we bear much fruit. So Jesus uses this simple illustration that when the branch is connected to the vine and the life of the vine flows into the branch, then naturally, without trying, it will bear fruit. We need to remain connected to the life of Christ. Because listen to me, if you take nothing else away from tonight, sum it up in this one sentence, write this down. No amount of human effort can produce spiritual fruit. Let me say that again. And you can just write that point down if you're taking notes tonight. No amount of human effort can produce spiritual fruit. Stop trying to love people in your own strength. Stop trying to have more peace in your own strength. Stop trying to manufacture self-control or gentleness or whatever it might be. How do I do it then, Pastor? What happens as you relinquish control of your life on a daily basis to the Spirit of God that is now within you, what he'll do is he'll naturally begin to bear fruit in your life and he'll begin to defeat every other sinful temptation and thought and desire in your life. Let me give you some examples from the Word of God. The flesh, the Bible says, produces hatred. It produces repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. We see that all around us in the world today. But the spirit produces love. What a difference. The flesh produces frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. You see everybody around you in your neighbourhood trying to get happiness from the car that they drive or the house in which they live or the job that they're employed in. But it's empty. It's joyless grabs for happiness. The spirit produces joy in the Holy Ghost. The flesh produces discord and stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, paranoid loneliness. But the fruit of a spirit is peace. The spirit produces peace. The flesh produces all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, always needing and wanting more and at a quicker pace. But the spirit produces patience. The flesh produces selfish ambition and Cutthroat competition, trying to get ahead of each other in the workplace, trying to be the one that's seen, but the spirit produces kindness. The flesh produces drunkenness and orgies. The spirit produces goodness. The flesh produces divided lives and ugly parodies of community, people falling apart, families falling apart, communities breaking apart, but the spirit produces faithfulness. The flesh produces anger, fits of rage, a brutal temper, but the spirit produces gentleness. The flesh, the evidence of the flesh is sexual immorality, impurity, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. But the spirit naturally produces self-control. What a difference between the acts of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit and that's the life that we can have that's a life that we can display to the glory of God and to show that we're followers and disciples of Jesus Christ but only when we yield to the life of God that is now within us so next week we're going to begin to open up I'd encourage you throughout the week read Galatians chapter 5 and be looking at the fruit of the spirit and we're going to journey through each of those over the coming weeks it's going to be a great journey that we're going to be on together and I believe that we're going to see naturally more love and joy and peace and faithfulness and gentleness and kindness and all of those things flowing from our lives 
over the coming weeks as we gather around the word and get into the word of God together. But tonight I really needed to lay that foundation so that we have a firm understanding. Stop trying to do it in your own strength. You will end up frustrated, you will end up condemned. But let's surrender to the life of God that is now within us and let's just see this fruit begin to be displayed in our lives. Let me pray for you as we end this broadcast tonight. Heavenly Father, I thank you for those who are watching online tonight live. I thank you for those who are catching up with us a little bit later tonight or during the week at some point. And Heavenly Father, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for the empowerment of your grace and the miracle of a new creation. God, I thank you that old things have passed away, but we don't need to live according to the way that we once lived, that the nature that was natural within us is not the nature controlling us anymore. And so Lord, I thank you that for all those who've been battling against the acts of the flesh, that they will stop trying to defeat things in their own strength. And revelation is going to come over the coming weeks and months. But as we spend time in your word together, Holy Spirit, you're going to empower people to live for you in a way that they don't do it in their own strength but they surrender to your life now in them and you're going to see just change in people's lives Holy Spirit you're going to uh, help people to be more loving to have more patience to live with true peace and all these things that are characteristics of a fruit that you display in our lives but Father right now we make the choice to surrender right where you are right now watching tonight as we end this broadcast Make the choice. I choose to surrender, Holy Spirit. I'm not going to try and do this in my own strength any longer. I surrender. And you just watch what happens in your life over the coming weeks and months. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining with me tonight. Let's regather next Sunday evening at 8pm as we begin to explore this journey together. And until then, I pray that you have an awesome week and uh, just full of Holy Spirit encounters wherever you may go. God bless you.